Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. John, how are you today? Good, Jim. How are you? Man, I'm doing wonderful. Great. Um, I've got a 10-year-old house, um, and I've got, I do some of the things for maintenance. You know, I have my HVA system checked, and I change the the uh, filter frequently. I keep my foundation watered. I flush my water heater on a regular basis. But other than those things, what would be three or four top things that I should do for maintenance? Um, you know, I want to live in the house for a long time, but I'm just interested in some top things for maintenance. Well, the first thing you want to do is make sure you keep water out of the home. And one of the things that people forget to check on a regular basis, and you're at that right age with a 10-year-old house, check the caulking around the windows. Uh, At that age, they'll tend to start cracking and letting moisture in behind, and that's where we start getting some uh, sheetrock damage and things like that. So that's going to be a big one. Uh, The other one is uh, you know the roof you j- just got to keep an eye on the roof to make sure as it ages uh, when it's time to replace it gets replaced nothing damages a home more than water does um, you mentioned you're keeping the foundation watered normally yeah. on a newer home they put trees in around the house and so as you're watering that foundation you could be attracting tree roots to come towards the house so at some point, you're probably going to want to look at some root barriers to make sure you maintain that moisture level around the house because that is key, especially you know as dry as it is this year, foundations are moving, and, and you're way ahead of the curve if you've been watering year-round, and that's really what people need to be doing. But the root barriers keep the trees from taking all that moisture and, and going underneath the foundation and causing additional problems. Yeah, um, I don't have any trees. That's a good thing. Or, yeah, that's no, no tree close to the house. So, well, what do you call close though? Well, I've got a little crepe myrtle. It's like an eight foot crepe myrtle that's got to be thirty, forty feet from the house. That's okay. it. There's no other tree. Yeah. All right. Then yeah, then you're good. Um, let's see. Other things to to keep an eye on your electrical system. You know, a lot of times people don't think about it, but it does require maintenance periodically. Uh, like in the breaker panel, the the lugs can come loose, and that'll start arcing. And that's the same with the AC system. You're already getting it checked, and that's one of the things they check on it when they come out is that all the connections and everything are tight. So uh, that's, that's probably your biggest ones. Now, one of the things I believe in is having a water softener. Uh, because that keeps the pipes clean, keeps your yeah. your faucets clean, and all that kind of stuff. And it really does add to the life of everything in in the house as far as water. Okay, how do I get that? Is that a service or somebody comes in and installs something, or how does that work? Oh, yeah, you can you can get one installed. Uh, they're, they work extremely well. I've got it in my own house. Okay, great, fantastic. Thank you, Jim. You bet. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. This comes from Beth, and she says, I can't do a kitchen remodel. I can't afford it, but I need a new kitchen floor, also something I can't do myself. Is there a company that still sells and installs linoleum? Thank you. Well, actually, there's a lot of companies out there 
that still sell linoleum floors. A lot of your flooring companies that sell carpet will also sell linoleum floors. Uh, and yes, they do still put them in. And quite frankly, it's a great option. They're not real expensive. They're extremely durable. Uh, and you don't have to worry about moisture going through them. So it is a great option. Now I will say a lot of people are afraid to try to put in a linoleum floor yourself. I'm going to give you a little quick tip here on how to put one in where you almost don't have to worry about it. it. It's so simple. Your floor just needs a big template. So clean the driveway off and you can roll out the new linoleum floor out there on the driveway. Or you can do it in the garage. It doesn't matter. But you go in the house and take, you can use newspaper, you could use uh, a, a roll of the paper that's used when you're painting, you know, those, those three-foot rolls, and start taping them together to form a template of the kitchen floor. You literally put the pe first piece down and start going all the way around the room, taping it all the way up to the edges. Tape all the pieces together. You can roll that up, take it out, and cut the floor in the garage or out on the driveway, wherever. Make sure you, you clean those floors you know, wherever you're going to do this real good first before you roll the linoleum out. But you can cut the linoleum, roll it up, take it, and you literally have cut a piece that matches your kitchen floor, and it's easy to install that way. Now, a couple of things you need to be aware of. If you've got shoe mold or quarter round, take it off because you want to be able to tuck the new floor up underneath that stuff. Depending on what type of flooring you have in that kitchen, you mean, may need to take it up as well. Now, this is obviously for people who want to do it themselves, and, and I understand that. That's not for everybody. But um, in order to scrape up, say, an old linoleum floor, they, they sell floor scrapers at the, the box stores. And yes, it's going to take a little bit of elbow grease, but it really isn't that bad. And then you can scrape it up. If you got some stubborn areas, use a razor blade scraper and get it cleaned up. The glue comes in one-gallon and five-gallon buckets, easy to spread with a notch trowel, and it really is that simple. So if you do get ready to put one in yourself like that, like I said, cut that template, lay the floor down, and then roll half of it back, spread the glue, lay the floor out, then you can roll up the other side, spread the glue, and lay it out. One of the key things to putting in a linoleum floor is to get a roller. They they sell or sell they they rent these heavy rollers that you roll back and forth across the linoleum to seat it down good, and that's one of the key things. And if you did take that quarter round or shoe mold off after it's installed, after the floor is installed, you can just put that back in. It really goes pretty simple. And this is a project that you can do start to finish in a day. It's not like most projects or, or laying tile floors and things like that that's going to take multiple days. It really is a quick project. If you want to have somebody do it, like I said, check with the carpet stores. Most of them still sell linoleum floors, and they'll install it in just a matter of a couple hours for you. Terry, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How you doing, Jim? Wonderful. How about you? So my my uh, my dilemma is, of course, when it's nice and hot in Texas, and my 
vehicles were hot, and I pulled them into the garage. My garage is extremely hot. How do I get the heat out of there? Well, the easiest is to leave the garage door open for a few minutes and let the, the heat escape. But for a lot of people, that's not an option. So you can install a fan. One, uh, it works off temperature, and they make vents that you can put in the bottom of the garage into the wall where air can come in, and then you can use one of these vent fans on the upper part to suck air out, and that draws air through the garage and, and out. So the, so the exhaust fan, you're speaking of something that's wall-mounted to go to the outside? Correct. Uh, you know, they they uh, they make them for uh, crawl spaces under block and base homes. I'm sorry, pier and beam homes. Uh, huh? And and you can use it just as easily in the garage wall. Hmm. Okay. Well, wasn't that an interesting uh, interesting solution? Where would I go to find something like that? Uh, actually, you can order them online through Amazon even. Okay. If you if you'll put All in right. there that you're looking for a crawl space fan. Okay. Uh, they'll come up, and the ones I I would rec- tell you to get, because they'll give you an option of one fan or two. Get it with two, and they make it also with a, with just a thermostat, or with a thermostat and humidistat. I would I would get the one that does both. Huh. Okay, well, that's an interesting idea. I want to don't want them to come on during the winter time because I want that heat in there. Right. So you <laughs> you just turn the temperature to where it doesn't come on, and then everything's good. Good. Okay. Jim, I appreciate it. You bet. Take care, Terry. Stan, how are you today? Oh, good. How are you, Jim? Doing wonderful. How can I help you? Good. Yeah. I got an AC question. Uh, we keep a couple of the rooms in the house. We, we turn the vents off of the air conditioning uh, because we don't use those rooms. Now, is that going to cause any problem with the air conditioning or the house, maybe? Yes. Yeah, because you're you're uh, not letting the AC system do what it's designed to do. It's designed to heat and cool so many square feet. And by choking off the vent completely that way, uh, you're pushing more air into limited space, which means the system's not going to cycle on as long as it needs to to properly dehumidify and run everything the way it should be. You know, I understand that a lot of times people want to do that when they're not using rooms, thinking they're going to save money on the energy bill, but it really does. In fact, in the long run, it can actually cost you more money to run it. So I would open those vents back up. When it comes to your air conditioning systems, I know everybody is aware that they need to be changing their filters on a regular basis. But there's more to it than that to keep the AC system running properly. This is a mechanical device. It requires routine maintenance just like your car does. Uh, there's, There's pressures to check. There's fluid levels to check. And this is not do it yourself stuff. This is stuff that you need to bring somebody in. So make sure you're having your AC unit serviced on a regular basis. I typically recommend twice a year. That's what everybody recommends because you do it once for cooling, once for heating. And that keeps that system lasting much longer than if you just put it in and forget about it. You wouldn't do that to your car. 
why do you do it to the AC system? Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Terry, how are you today? Great. Glad to hear it. How can I help you? Yeah. Well, uh, we were just wondering, um, we have the double pane windows yeah. in our house, and we're just wondering what wind speed should we start worrying about uh, putting plywood up? You know, what? right now what they're looking at is going to be something in the around 70. Truthfully, I wouldn't get too worried about putting plywood up unless you're facing a big open area where you can get a lot of direct wind uh, until we're at least pushing 85 anyways. Okay. Um, yeah. And, 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 and truthfully, you're in League City. You got newer windows, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We just had them put in. Uh, and we're in the neighborhood, so, I mean, we're not Yeah, and so there. your windows actually should be wind certified where, quite frankly, they're going to withstand that with no problem. Uh, okay. I know we we covered them during Ike. Yeah. Uh, well, see, Ike, but, but Ike was a stronger storm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it would need to get up close to 100 miles an hour before I need to worry about it. Uh, my, for me, the cutoff is usually around 85. Ah, okay. That's what I needed to know. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. You bet. Take right. care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You know, and yes, it, it can. that's stronger than a, than a hurricane. 72 is, is hurricane strength, but... Uh, you know, let's face it. I want, we drive down the road doing 85 miles an hour, and we'll we'll pull travel trailers with just single pane windows on them, taking those kind of winds. Uh, it, it will it will do that. But once you start getting above that, hey, you're getting into some real wind that you you really do need to start getting nervous about. Then Adam in West Houston, welcome to hey. Texas Home Improvement. Hey Jim, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, my uh, one question: I'm in, I have one room in my house, my son's bedroom. Uh, it has more humidity in that room than it does anywhere else in the house. You, you can feel it when you walk in there. My little portable humidity humidity meter, it's probably ten percent more than anywhere else in the house. Now I can't find any water or any moisture anywhere. I don't, the floor is not wet. The walls are all solid. I just wonder if there's a a good, easy place to look at first. Um, I don't see any water standing outside uh, of, of his room. It's, it's, it does face the outside. So I wonder if you have any ideas of a place to look at first um, to kind of figure that out maybe. His gym bag? A gym bag? No, uh, he's, well, he's six. So he's okay. Have a gym bag at this point. And so I've looked, I've looked all the places where there might be something, you know, stuck with, moisture or a spilled cup or something like that underneath his bed moved everything yeah out. truthfully even those shouldn't really run up the humidity level um I, I tell you the first place i would probably take a look at is the window the window okay yeah because the the, the window um is a likely spot where it can let moisture in and uh-huh. what you're going to be looking for is check the caulking on the outside of it is it is uh-huh. it brick it is brick yeah yeah, check the caulking to make sure that you don't see any cracking in it. Okay. Uh, a lot of times people fail to um, maintain that part of their home. In fact, okay. I, I had a guy earlier today ask me about that. What well, What's one of the top three things to be checking? And that actually is one of them because the rain will start hitting the window. It runs down 
And even though it only looks like a hairline crack in that caulking, the moisture gets in behind the wall. Doesn't oh. show in the room on the sheetrock, but there can be moisture in that wall. So that would be the first place I would check. Uh, good, good. Okay, that's that, that, that's great. Now, if I do find some hairline caulks, is there a special type of caulk to use? Is there a window and uh, Yeah, there's a regular... Regular window and uh, caulks and stuff, but uh, make sure you get a good long-term one. Uh, you know, because they'll sell a five and a ten-year. Forget about those. Get you a thirty-five or a fifty-year. In our climate, you'll get five to ten years out of that. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of the heat and all that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, good. That's the first place I'll look. I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the advice. All right. You take care. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, and I know we're all getting kind of nervous about storms coming in and losing our power and stuff uh, so here is going to be my advice to everybody if you're going to use a portable generator that way don't try to power the entire house including the acs and everything pick a room get a window unit that you can put into that room and run that with the portable generator and you can run cords for your refrigerator and stuff and leave it at that. Don't try, if you're going to try to run the entire house, you need to get a large generator that's mounted and, and is a regular household generator. And, you know, like Storm Guardian, where I was just talking about them, you can reach them at 281-648-2177. They'd be able to do a system like that. The key thing, though, is it's got to have a disconnect so where it doesn't backfeed up the lines and electrocute a lineman who's trying to get power back up to everybody else. And this is this is where they run into a lot of issues when people try to hook this stuff up themselves. They try to shortcut or jerry-rig things up, and it creates problems. So if you're going to hook up a generator to the house, let the professionals do it. If you want to just use a portable generator, like I said, you can run an extension cord for the refrigerator Get a window unit, pick a room that you guys want to stay in, and just air condition that one room with a window unit, and the portable will work fine for that. James, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm look, my wife and I are building a house from scratch, and we, we want some tips on how to select a builder. Mm, that's a good one. So you're not building in a, a preset neighborhood. You're, you're building out on... Your own property where you can choose what you want, right? Exactly. There's okay. not much limitation there. Good. Because, you know, a lot of times people worry about picking the builder when they're going into a certain neighborhood. They got no choice. The builders who build in that neighborhood, that's it. That's your choices. But when you have your own custom builder, now you got all the choices in the world. Here's the first thing to do when you talk with the builders. Make sure they're carrying general liability insurance. Uh, any builder that you get a hold of who's not carrying general liability, just take them off the slate. They're done. Don't use them. Because uh, if something happens, they don't have the coverage to make sure your property's put back together. And where this can become really critical, houses half, three-quarters of the way built or, or even more, and say somebody a plumber's coming in and he's... he's uh, Sweat, sweating a joint, uh, you know, put to, on the copper lines and sets the house on fire. If the builder don't have insurance, you got a problem. 
So always make sure that they have it. And some builders will try to tell you, oh, I don't need it. I make sure all my subs have it. That's not good enough. you got to make sure that he has it as well. So that's going to be the huge one. On top of that, you're going to want to check how long they've been in business under that name. Because builders are notorious for they'll build, they'll build, they'll build. They get a few lawsuits on them. And then they just shut that company down and open under a new name. So make sure it's somebody who's been operating under the same name, you know, at least five years, if not more. Okay. Uh, and the reason I, I use that five years as the rule, most businesses fail in the first five years. And so if you're using a brand new company uh, and you have an issue with the home later, you want somebody who's still going to be in business. Otherwise, you got no way to fall back on other than that general liability we were just talking about. And part of that general liability, you want to make sure that they have uh, complete construction. In other words, uh, uh, completed project insurance so that it is covered should that per should that company go out of business, you know, that uh, somebody's there to pick up the pieces and put it back together. So those are going to be the big ones. Uh, the other things are make sure that you know that they're going to pull permits and and do all the inspections and things like that. Uh, and for me, I'm going to get a list of houses that they've built and go by and take a look at them. Even if all you can do is drive by, that's good enough. But a lot of times, they'll especially a custom builder will have arrangements with a customer where they can let you inside to look at a completed job to see how it looks but more important than going into a completed one see if they've got one that's in progress where you can see how they're doing the framing and the finish work and things like that that's what's really going to tell you how this thing's going to hold up okay and uh, if you had to name the top three uh if you were going to build a house in that area who would be your top three uh, companies to check out honestly <clears throat> the very first one I would call is uh, David Weekly. Even though they build in neighborhoods, uh, they have a division that does custom building. And okay. David Weekly Homes does an amazing job of building homes. So uh, that would be actually my first call. Beyond that, I don't deal with a lot of custom builders, so I would actually have to start hunting down and finding one myself. All right, and... Uh... You don't know anybody that does uh, that specializes in barn dominiums, or uh, for that, I would talk with the folks over at Mueller Steel Buildings. Okay, because they've got a complete line of barn dominium uh, packages that you can order, and they have contractors who can build them and do the build out. All right. Well, much appreciated, sir. Have a good day. You as well, James. Take care. Julie, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Thank you very much. I have a question about, two questions really about carpet. Uh, first question is, is a carpet warranty worth the money or not? What do you mean by the carpet warranty? Well, some some places that sell carpet trying to sell you a warranty on your carpet. Oh, and, and, and an add-on warranty? Yeah, yeah. yeah honestly... I don't typically buy that stuff uh, because if you really look at the pricing of it, yeah, and start, start putting yeah, you start putting the numbers together, and yeah, I can just get new carpet again. 
Okay. Well, that's sort of what I thought, but I wanted to hear what you thought. And then um, the other question is the difference between polyester and nylon. I mean, I know polyester is cheaper, but nylon is more durable. Right. Do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm going to go with the more durable. Uh, okay. And, and where it really makes a difference is on the, the areas where you have pathways. Uh, well, this this is going to be in a bedroom, but one of them's our master bedroom, so we're going to go in that room, you yeah. know, ten times a day or whatever. Yeah, and and exactly, and every time you you walk on it, you mat it a little bit more, and so right. you know the, your better ones are going to hold up better to it. And I'll give you an example: the carpet in my house is seventeen years old already. Whoa! Now, and it looks good. We vacuum it on a on a, you know a couple times a week and, you know, make sure we take care of it and stuff. And, uh, you know, we're getting ready to replace it. Uh, we're going to be doing a remodeling here within the next probably 6 to 12 months, uh, and it'll get replaced at that point. But it's held up extremely well. We had three kids at home and everything and <laughs> made it all through all that. But now they're I'll... gone, so we can put in what we want and not have to worry about it. <laughs> well, we don't have kids at home either, but still. It just seemed like nylon might be the way to go. Yeah. Okay. I, I thank okay. you very much. This comes from Frank, and he says, AC system is 14-seer train variable speed installed 14 years ago. Been mostly problem-free. This year just doesn't seem to be cooling as well. Approximately 12 degrees difference on ambient air temp from the vents. Used to be closer to 20 degrees. Have had three different companies come out. No one seems to find an issue. And I'll uh, let's see. He has one more thing. Seems to find an issue. Any suggestions? Well, because your system's 14 years old, I'm betting everybody has told you, oh, it's just time to replace the system. Well, just because the system's 14 years old doesn't mean it's necessarily time that it's got to be replaced. So here's the first thing to check. Obviously, I'm going to make the assumption that they've already checked the coolant levels, you know, to make sure it's got enough coolant in it. Uh, but if they overdo the coolant in it, you can have that same type of issue. So that could be part of it. My guess, though, the bigger part is the coils probably need cleaning in the unit itself, not the ones outside but the ones that the air goes across inside. Or the fan speed is too fast. If the fan speed is too fast, the air moves across the coil so fast it doesn't cool down all the way. And that could be something as simple because the train system is, is a good system. Uh, and a lot of times they had variable speeds. And if one of the speeds is out, and so the air is just blowing fast across there, it wouldn't be dropping. And because your system's 14 years old, a lot of these companies don't take the time to check it out. They simply want to sell you a new system. So those are the items I would check out. And by the way, I don't believe just because the system's 14 years old that it needs to be replaced. Uh, if you can get 15, 20 years out of it, why not? Now, I will tell you up front, it's not going to be as energy efficient as a new system would be, but a new system's pretty darn expensive as well. So get as much as you can out of the old system first. And this comes from Don and Keller, and he says, can you give me options 
that I have on insulation, blown in, foam, etc. Well, there's all kinds of options that you have. Uh, depending on what you're doing and the age of the home will kind of depend on what you want to use. Now, for most of us, we have insulation in our walls already. We have some insulation in the attic, and typically what we're looking at doing is having to add some additional insulation in the attic. So you got a choice up there. You can either go with a blown-in fiberglass or fiberglass bats. Uh, the, the difference is if you blow in insulation, it doesn't matter if it's fiberglass or cellulose or whatever it is, you blow it in, over time it settles, and you will have to add more insulation later. But it takes a years for it to settle. And, you know, we're talking 15, 20 years before you got to probably look at adding again. If you use a bat-type insulation, you just lay it across up there, and it never settles because it's pre-made into these bats that can just lay down like a blanket up there. If your insulation is up to the top of your... Uh, ceiling joist, you can lay bat insulation crossways on it. So it's going across the ceiling joist uh, rather than going in the same direction. Now if your walls need insulation, uh, I would be looking at a non-expansive foam insulation that they can inject into the walls. Uh, that really adds a lot of R value. Takes If you do have some insulation in the walls, it'll encapsulate it. It's just a a really good way of insulating the walls but I do not want to encapsulate the entire home in foam insulation so I'll typically use foam in the walls fiberglass in the attic because unlike cellulose insulation fiberglass doesn't break down and turn to dust cellulose and some of the others wool you know those kind of things they do break down over time and start turning to dust and put dust into the home so uh, sometimes people want to ask about putting uh, foam insulation on the roof decks. I don't see a reason for that. Unless you're going to heat and cool the attic space, don't do it. And if you do decide that, yes, you're going to heat and cool the attic space, then don't use foam in the walls. And, yes, if you do put foam in the attic, you seal all the air vents because you no longer need air vents if you're heating and cooling the attic. So I hope that helps you out with uh, what you want to do. Uh, what's the best option? Like I said, foam in the walls, fiberglass in the attic. Uh, that's your least expensive, highest R value to get you taken care of with all your insulating You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.